How was the meeting? Any, anything that we can share or, or top <laughs> secret? <laughs> no, no, it was just we. I mean, we we have we bought Sweden's biggest podcast company. Uh, That's year right. Ago, one and a half year ago. I mean, last summer. And um, and then uh, so we are preparing for business review and budget meetings we're having, and then for to put together what's the uh, the forecast and and actually to get approval for the budget for next year for twenty three. Very cool. Quite interesting. Yeah, no, that's interesting. very interesting. Were you guys eyeing that company? Because I because that was just announced somewhat recently. Like, were you saying let's get into the podcast space, and were you eyeing that company, or did the opportunity present itself? No, actually, we because I'm a big fan of podcasts, and I see this the similarity to music. You know, it's uh, in many ways, but also because you know it's a, it's a it's a very medium, very easy to create, and uh, you can think. But of course, you need it's all about the narrative or about the personality or you know the storytelling, and but it's really an interesting way. Also, uh, what I believe is to put in our portfolio for amplifying tools. You know that that if you want to. Excuse me. If you want to tell a story about when you have something up and running, and it's not—I don't think it's a solitary thing. I think it's you know a combination of other things. To so say that you're doing a, an Avicii musical or Avicii biopic or Avicii bi, biopic TV series or whatever, and at the same time you would do uh, uh, twenty episodes uh, of um, either you know once one one episode is about one Avicii song. And do that for 20 episodes, you know, and then tell a story being intrigued about that. That's one way of doing it. You can do it for, for if you do it for ABBA, you can do it for the, uh, for, or do the same thing, or you do one episode is about one album, you know, et cetera. And then you do that and then you tell the story and you anecdotes and what's happening and what's the same. I mean, I think that's, and if you do it about one song, one episode, you would do it like, uh, uh, 20 minutes uh, or 25 minutes uh, pods that and i think that is you know going to be more and more convenient for people when they commute and everything so i think that's uh, i mean that's why i think it's in, in in interesting and that's why why i you know wanted to invest in this company and uh, i mean they're the biggest in sweden and they have a fantastic football called podcast a soccer podcast that i mean that, i mean uh, that i love and yeah so that's that's yeah so is that the is that what Pop House is? Because it feels like if you look at Pop House from the outside, you guys have your hands in so many different things. Is it really just what can we find to give our artists, you know, the most interesting opportunities and how do we expand their brand? And whether that's podcasting or Abba Voyage or whatever it is, mm-hmm. is that really the mission of Pop House to just say, how can we do creative things with the artists that we work with? Does that sound accurate? Yeah, I would say that when we if we if we invest in a catalog, you know, uh, we do of course do a fin- financial due diligence, but we also do a brand due diligence and a narrative due diligence, due diligence, due diligence, because what we we really want to understand and you know evaluate what is there a story to tell behind these artists or artists or the group or whatever, and uh, so we we because we're really intrigued and in, about telling a story and expose music. Fantastic music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties to a new demography, you know, and I and I, the of course, it's easy to use Kate Bush now. But if you ask anyone below 35 years old, you know, and ask them, you know, so did, did you know about, did you know, uh, you know, of an artist called Kate Bush and everyone below 35 I talk to, maybe that's a crazy demography I've been talking to, but no one that honestly, did you, did you know about an artist called Kate Bush before? No, no. Or and, maybe they know the name, but they don't know the music. Yeah. I mean, what the, the people I've asked, you know, they even didn't, they didn't even know the name. So they didn't know what to search for, you know. And of course, they're, you know, they're they're well educated uh, <laughs> youngsters below 35, you know, that that um, that know about Kate Bush, of course. But, you know, going from nowhere, from zero to hero, if you say with Kate Bush, thanks to one sync in one TV series. That is sort of say locked in, or it's not locked, but it's in. You have to watch it on Netflix. I mean, that's amazing. You know, I mean, that's really because that's that shows that that song not exposed to anyone before, but when it was, it, it's competed with all the good music it's done today, and I think that's really fantastic. And that's really what we want to do with everything we we buy if to to expose it for new generations, for new demographies, for new. Um, regional places you know if 
where music has not been as easy to access as it is today. Talking about like ABBA Voyage, which I've mm. read a lot about and seen a lot of videos, but I cannot, yeah. I cannot imagine <laughs> what this is like. I feel like I need to go to London just to see this. But how do you describe it to people who like, how do you describe it to someone who's never seen it? Like, what is it? First of all, you have to promise me you go there. Otherwise, we stop this interview now. I'm dying <laughs> to go, but it has to come to America, right? Well, well, let's say like this. This started, you know, uh, as a project 2016, and then it's evolved into various, you know, you know, into various directions. It started more like a hologram thing from, you know, Tupac 2012 and and uh, Michael Jackson Billboard Watch 2014, and then. That was, you know, the idea from the beginning to take it on tour, uh, a hologram tour or something. Yeah, but and then we went over to um, to um, Las Vegas and saw Michael Jackson number one in, you know, that show. And they, there's there's a there's a story about this or slash musical or whatever, whatever, you know, how you can say it. And then um, and then in the end, there's one one uh, song as a hologram. And uh, I was there with uh, Bjorn Benny, Jörel, uh, who's managers for for um, for ABBA since fifty years back, and Ludwig, which is Benny Anderson's son, who became the producer of the the show. And they didn't like it, you know, and we didn't like it, you know, because you know it was like one song in a hologram, and you need to sit in a specific place, you, know, you can't really uh, scale it in the way you want, and it's it will get boring after three songs, you know? So we right. just had to rethink everything and what should we do and how should we set this up? And and then eventually we went to Industrial Light and Magic uh, and uh, a fantastic uh, Ben Morris, was, you know, who is the creative director or, or SVP or whatever. He was in charge of, of, of the ILM side creating this together with a fantastic, our creative producer called Bailey Walsh. Um, and they uh, they created this, and then together with the producers Svana Gisla and, Lud and Ludwig Andersson, you know, just came up with this every song, everything what should be in it, how, so make it more like a like you know a, a, you know stage performance in the way that you know every song had their own theme. They change clothes, they talk to the audience. It's a live piece, ten piece live band on the stage. You know, I mean. I was I was in charge more of of, of signing off the of uh, of, uh, of uh, the invoices and you know asked what you know we, we had you know weekly meetings and the creati creativity but you know I thought there were so many people having views on that and they did really well so I was more on that side and raising money and you know gearing up enthusiasm but then they then I came an invoice on the clothing and I said what is this and it was and I well I won't tell you the sum but it was really expensive you know so, for the this? holograms or for the band no no again this is not holograms it's we we're not we don't have done holograms it is this is done in a different way and you have to see it to to understand it because we're working on screens huge LED screens but but this was what, what they said we 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 are from Dolce Gabbana from you know it was just and it was extremely expensive. And I won't tell you how much because it's going to freak you out. And I said, so how are we going to do, how are we going to use this, in, in this clothing, you know? And ABBA had iconic clothes, you know, when they when they performed and when they was on tour, not so much, not so many tours, but they, when they did, they really have iconic uh, dresses. And then I said, and the cost, you know, what, 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 what the fuck, you know, what, you know, and I was really, you know, you know upset, you know, but then they <laughs> said to me, but Perry, you know, we have to show that this is from today. They need to have iconic clothes from today to show that they are here now. And uh, and then I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But does it cost? Have to cost this money? <laughs> so, but eventually, but, I, I signed off yeah. for it. But you know, those clothes have not been weared by anyone. They've been weared. You know, it's just. But they are real clothing. You know, so they they uh, they have. Uh, and then you film them, and then you put them on the avatars. And then they, um, then, then you record it, and then you, then you put it together. It's really, it's really amazing, and 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 that is that is one of the things that's truly, you know, one you can say little piece, but very important piece that you know I wouldn't have focused on, but you know the creative team did, and I think that's that's done an excellent job with it. And are they the perfect band? Because do they basically say we haven't toured? 
in so many years, but yeah. we have this massive following. So they're the perfect band to do this with. And then didn't all the members of the band go into a studio or somewhere and basically put on these suits and we're basically seeing them act yeah. essentially. Yeah. I mean, Is, you know, this was, this was the, as, as we said, you know, this was the, they had to wear motion cap suits uh, for, and helmets for four weeks. We had, you know, we had a studio here in Stockholm and um, I, I mean, the four Abba, four of them, Free, Dagneta, Björn and Benny, they really loved it. You know, they went together for the first time in, you know, I mean, they, of course, they met before, but, you know, they when they split up both, you know, from they divorced in, in you know, in both as, as a band, but also as, as right. a couple. And uh, since they then they haven't toured, you know, they and, and then they went together and uh, did this. And, you know, uh, and, you know, it was like 100, you know, uh, CGI engineers from ILM sitting there. It was like crazy, you know, and, and it looks like NASA, you know, when they, shoot, or, you know, you know, SpaceX, now when they're shooting up a, a rocket, you know, it's like, it was, it was unbelievable. And the, I, I'm the most, you know, amazing thing is this, this didn't leak. This didn't leak anywhere. No one knew that happened, you know, and then, and then we had body doubles uh, because you, when you are seventy plus, you you don't dance. And uh, as as you, this is what did, I was going to ask. So no, what was being did. captured? No, so then, then we did, we had body doubles that could you know that played the free Neta and Bjorn and Benny, and we had a fantastic choreographer Wayne McGregor, you know, that did all the choreography first with Bjorn Benny free Neta, and then with the body doubles. And uh, worked very closely together and, and did this um, amazing, you know, I mean, again, you have to see it because you, I shouldn't describe it, you know, too much because, you know, and I won't tell the, the stories about it and what's happening inside the show because you have to be there and just embrace it in, and, and you're going to love it. I, I, I know it because that's the, that's what happens now. We run now 164 sold out performances, consecutive sold out, 99% occupancy. We've sold over eight hundred thousand tickets now, you know, and it's and you just... need to sell six million tickets to break even. Is, is that what the no, number three, is? No, three million. Oh, three million. Three million. Excuse me, three yeah, million tickets. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you're like, it's a no-brainer at this point. It's all no, yeah, you know. I mean, we as, as we're selling out. I mean, we're going to be sold out. I guarantee we'll be sold out until you know December, January tenth or something. But it's we we're selling tickets. You know, we we opening new buckets and. Uh, and it's it's i mean what can i say it's it looks if if i would know knew that this was where we're going to be in november 2000 um, 2022 you know i would just uh, you know start drinking champagne i would have you know, i would have been in love in shame with everything i don't know but i, I think that is but you know I, I i this is a long journey and four weeks before the show had premiere I was asked to come into the, you know, to the arena. It was just the crew and 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 the producers, and they said, "Sit, sit here," you know. And then they played me four songs, and after oh, on the screens and how it worked, not fully, not full capacity, but it just showed me how it's going to be. And I started to cry. At uh, my second song was "Layer in Love with Me," and um, because I was so relieved, because at and <laughs> I at least I, I didn't know. That it would work really. I mean, it would be a nice thing to watch, watch, but you know, would it be immersive? Would it be, would it be as it is today? And you know, I started to cry because of relief of everyone that we have, that we have engaged, and everyone that really have supported us with money and energy and capacity and everything. So it was, it was fantastic. And does any will anything else ever go in this? arena or the goal is this runs for 10 20 plus years and this just no yeah no we, we, we it, it's an arena that we can move you know it's dismantable um and um we can move it to another city uh we would pref i mean london and uk has been the town so we also now in in talks with both um and we have six on fridays the six casinos slash uh, slash hotel that comes from las vegas so it's everyone is really. I mean, uh, uh, maybe they have, maybe they won't come up with a with a proposition to us, but I, uh, every one of them, uh, maybe they are there to see this what it is because it's the talk of the town in the entertainment business. But we know for sure that they are they want to do it in Vegas, and I think that's one place going to come up. 
And we also, two weeks ago, we were in, in Singapore. And we also had a meeting this week with, with Paul Dainty from Live Nation in Australia. We're not going to be everywhere in the world um, because it's it's a big, big, you know, task to set this up. But but again, you know, when you when you've done it once, you know it's easier. But um, it will it's it's a big thing, and uh, so we're going to be in London for um, for as long as possible, you know, and uh, hopefully we we can stay. Uh, but we we plan to be there until yeah for for a while, three years, three and a half years, and then after that we either take it to Berlin or we take it to somewhere else in the world and dismantle it and build it up somewhere else. But I need to come and see it in London before it goes anywhere else. I mean, I mean, the audience are um, amazing. As I said to everyone that goes, you know, wait until, you know, it's five minutes left when the announcement comes, you know, now you have to come into arena, then you should go in because the, the ambience, the anticipation from the audience, the, I mean, this, you feel it's like it's something's big is going to happen. You know, I, you know, it's, this is, you know, it's going to be, and, uh, Everyone, everyone, just so enthusiastic in there, and the you, you feel you can touch it. It's mesmerizing before it starts. But then when it starts, yeah, you have to go and see it. You know, I, that's what I have to. Oh start, my yeah. god, I have to go and see this. Uh, you've like got me so jazzed about this. I'm now <laughs> now I want to hop on a flight next week and and check yeah, it you out. Should. Visit your brother. You know, it's Christmas coming. I, it's Christmas coming. I I need to go. Okay, so you've been, a, you know, a leader in the music industry for close to over 20 years, but you started originally in television or originally you were? Oh, yeah, but if I go back, I actually, I started 89. I, I started at, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually the MBA from business science in the university in Sweden. And then I uh, then I um, was into selling computers, and then I went into um, I moved to Stockholm and started CBS Records '89. That was then changed to Sony Music in first uh, uh, of January 1990. I worked there for three and a half years, uh, and it was a boom of the CD, the start of the boom of the CD. And then I went to start commercial radio in Sweden, and then after two years, I was recruited to be head of head of entertainment for Sweden's biggest TV station. And then, um, and then, ninety-eight. I was um, recruited by Paul Russell to become the CEO of Sony Music. They wanted me back, and I was there for over the you know over the uh, merger between BMG. And then, two thousand eight, I was um, approached by by Universal. You know, Max Hall and Lucian and uh, recruited me to to um, to Universal. It was like going from. From I mean, talking football language, going from uh, Manchester United to Manchester City, you, you shouldn't do this. But I was, I thought that you know that, I mean, the leadership at that time I felt was not, I mean, it wasn't good at sort of music, and I felt that Lucian and Max and you know they're they're thinking you know you know, uh, they they were yeah, I I wanted a new environment you know and yeah. uh, they gave me that and then. Uh, and I also was uh, coincidental with, with the the growth of um, or the start in, of. Um, of Spotify, which started October 2008. And then the spring of 2009 was just amazing because then then it was the uh, there was the trial and the verdict of Pirate Bay. Spotify had just started and it was also in, there's an EU, um, uh, 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 in the, they have an enforcement directive, a directive, you know, which against, if you down, if you, if you upload it, you were always a crook, but if you download it from uh, April 1st, 2009 in Sweden, you can also get caught. That's that law has never been used, but it was a very, very important symbolic value. And in combination with with that, you know, Spotify was better than legal downloading. You know, I mean, it was that's I mean, that's really the story here. You know, because Spotify was better than the than all other services because you know you didn't have Troyans or Worms or 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 in your computer. Um, uh, it's it's it didn't you know the, your computer didn't crack you were never a problem with it you know and so it's just it was a perfect software and a perfect service so and that I was part of which was fantastic and and I went from universal I was the worst performing CEO when it comes to digital revenue per uh, uh, micro GDP in nine, 2009 and three years later I was number one Right, and that was not thanks to me. I, I was really, I I signed a lot of artists, and I I really went went for it because I was new at Universal. And I said I can't be, I can't be a, 
uh, a wimp, if I so call it. I have to, no, sorry for using that word, but I, I can't be a coward. I need to be. That's not a bad word. All, yeah. I need to go all in on this, you know. So, so I did when everyone else in Sweden didn't do anything. I just I went all in. And then so also. Wait. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so, so was... yeah, yeah. Go, go. No, go. <laughs> so there's a scene, first of all, breaking it down a little bit. There's a scene in this new Netflix series, The Playlist, where you have this like run in with Lucian in the Sony corporate office. That's not how it happened, right? That's that's no, not, not real. That's not, not real. Not so, okay. So, how, so Lucian, does he approach you and does he just poach you? He recognizes you as a brilliant leader and he says, you know, you should be working for us over Universal. Is that basically how yeah. that happened? Well, what happened was, you no, know, what happened was that it was Max Holes who wanted to meet me in London and, you know, he want, wanted to hire me and he said, before we can hire you, you have to see Lucian. And that, at that time, Lucian was living, was working from London. So he was he was uh, um, head of uh, international, but living in London. If I, if I no, he, no, Max was, I, I can't accept, but I had to have the approval from, from Lucian. So I'm sitting with Lucian in his room and he played me the Duffy album, which was, you know, produced by Bernard Butler, which was excellent. Yeah, uh, that's her debut album. And we talked about music and then, um, then he said, fine. It was very, very- It, it was easy. It, no, I mean, yeah, it, it was easy. He was super soft and, you know, you felt his charisma and, you know, his uh, his uh, way of thinking. And, you know, he, he he's a winner. You can say, yeah, we can say, yeah. we don't want to do it. <laughs> So, and then when, because you're really credited with being like the first industry person, I guess, to embrace Spotify or to see the value. Yeah. Like, how do you meet Daniel Leck for the first time? No, it was we. I mean, I, I mean, you know, he did a lot of presentation here, and um, and one of them was, you know, to, at at uh, Sony, where I was at the first time I saw it, and then at Universal, and um, and then um, and then I also had a meeting with him, you know, just talking about how we should market it. In in, uh, I have photos from from that year. Yes, for a friend sent who was part of, was with me there to see because I come follow me to this crazy th thing that I think say the music industry called spotify and he followed me there and uh, so he took photos and i still have photos from that and uh, we talked about how to market it and what's the next steps and everything for spotify in, in sweden and in the in the world and it, it wasn't that i was smart you know and uh, it was more like i was desperate because you know we had to, there must be something that could be that could uh, take that could start, you know, monetizing music again for for mu mu music for Swedish, you know, consume music consumers. You should know that from two thousand to two thousand eight, the music uh, revenue for, for the revenue for music industry um, went from uh, one point six billion to uh, below eight hundred million over eight years or nine years actually, and uh, so half the value in revenue for artists and record companies was lost in nine years. And that wasn't due to that people in Sweden listen less to to music. It was that like they downloaded illegally. I said they were stealing, but you know, that's you know, it's it's depends who you are, what you say. But that's what happened in, in those years. So that was really for me uh, a thing that I was I, I started to be an advocate for it. And you know, I I'm quite <laughs> I uh, I say what I think, which is not good all the time. Uh, and uh, so so Spotify, you know. They called me up. Can you do an interview with Wall Street Journal? Can you do an interview with the Johannesburg, you know, Post or whatever it was called? And I think I did, you know, 10, 15 interviews about what is Spotify with newspapers that in, in uh, across the world, you know. And I was into, I went through Spotify, through Universal, you know, offices in in everywhere, you know, Germany, Holland, uh, Italy, US, all the labels there. To, to this is how we do it. This is how it works. This is what you should do. And you know, and and then with that came a lot of things that you know, and it was fantastic. And and the thing was that I also became the president for for Universal Nordic, and I said to all the Nordic countries and all the ANRs, we have a window of opportunity for the next three years. This was 2012. So, because then, if you were top ten or top five in Sweden on the on the Swedish Swedish uh, Spotify chart, you were automatically automatically were top fifty on the global chart, because there was so many Swedes compared to everyone else in the in the world that was using Spotify. So by default, so you were up there. So that's why I signed. You know, I signed all the DMR. I signed Avicii two thousand ten, when Swedish Mafia broke up. I signed Axel Ingrosso. 
Dada Life, Alesso, Tublu, you know, oh, and we as it's a, many more, you know, and now Rebecca Fiona that really had an international traction. And it was really because it was easy, you know, and, you know, you had, you didn't, you know, it was, and you had right now, it's a lot of Latin artists, you know, that are breaking through in, right. you know, because there's so many Latin uh, with late, listening to Latin music there are, are on Spotify. So that's, that's the biggest, one of the biggest, you know, genres right now when it's quite interesting. You said on the music business worldwide podcast, and there's also a scene in the Netflix series where you, you basically you've, you've come across someone who's stealing music on pirate Bay and your character <laughs> in the series gets into a big fight, but it sounded yeah. on the music business worldwide podcast. Like maybe there was some accuracy to that. No, 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 100%. No, 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 100%. I mean, yeah. some people ask me, you know, when they see it, were you that angry? And I said, I was angrier, you know, because you were angrier. Yes. And then I wasn't that not, you know, I, I, I never, uh, I, I never told uh, Daniel Ek that thing on the street when I went in a cab and that never happened right. either. But a lot of things were true. And, and of course I represent maybe three, four different, you know, um, uh, business, music business people, you know, so, I mean, it's, you have to tell a story in, in one way, but for me, it was like in the scene that I, that I go into a lawyer, I, you know, you learn to know new people through your kids, you know, children, you know, and, and then you invited to you know you know to a drink or you know some food or you know whatever, and um, and what happened during those years you know when you went over there in what you see in the scene in the in the Netflix playlist TV series, I'm I'm sober I'm coming there you know with no alcohol in my you know and, and you can think when you're drinking a little bit you know and you see and then suddenly someone you know put on you know. Uh, music and his pirate bay playing you can imagine what you know why you know why i was furious what the fuck are you doing you know right. are you teaching your children to steal you know from the closest 7-eleven no oh fuck you know i was more like i was more into a fight you know so my wife told me you know next time we go you can't tell anyone what you work with it's better that you g g get drunk than you that you tell that you work in the music industry but everyone said oh that can't be easy to work in the music industry why not because we don't buy albums anymore what do you do my son i tell my son what i want and he has downloaded for me thief you know liar right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so i was ready to so i was i was but it, because you know i it was it was super tough times you know when bmg and and Sony merge, you know, I mean, 50% of the workforce has to be fired. And I, in two days in Sweden, I fired 40 people. I was personally sitting and fired 40 people. That was terrible. And in that moment, I mean, it seems like in that moment, was it so dramatic with Pirate Bay? And were, yes. and were those characters who were running it, were they so public about it at the time? Yes, they were heroes. You know, in, in Sweden, there was even a, pirate party that went into the parliament you know it was Cra crazy and isn't it crazy that at that time like you probably came up idolizing people in the music industry who worked in the music industry and then it became like the uncool thing and you became like the bad guy for just trying to create music is that kind of what the environment was or what it felt like oh both yes and it was more like you know you have to understand the future. Internet is freed. You can't control it anymore. This is your dinosaurs. We don't know one wants a record company. So that's why, you know, my um, uh, it's the, the story went from from defending the record industry or record companies or executives in the music industry to defend the artists. Because, you know, say, OK, fuck the, the record companies and the music industry. But what about the artists? Are you, how should they survive? And right. they say, you can buy merchandise. You can sell merchandise. It's just, you know, which is just, yeah, uh, crazy. It's like people don't understand it. But nevertheless, that's was, that was the language at that time. You know, it's all about defending. And because this was not only music. Pirate Bay was the fifth. One one or two days was the second biggest place after Google in, on, on the internet, you know, during, during 2007, 8, 9 there, you know. And, um, and number five in the Sweden, you know, number five in the world, you know. So it was not only music; it was also also movies. You know, I mean, in the I was witness for the music industry in the trial, and also a, law, a Swedish lawyer was witness for the MPA, Music um, Motion Picture America. You know, so everything. This was a big thing. Yeah, I mean, young people don't really record recall what's happening. Right. So when Spotify came in, did you basically feel like it was your job to go around and basically tell everyone that they have a model here? And that I mean, this was, is better. 
because they always talk about how the music industry missed Napster the first time and that if they had embraced Napster, you know, it it wouldn't have been as de- detrimental as it was if they'd figure out how to monetize it. And now you sort of realize that this was another opportunity that if we don't partner with some with a company like Spotify, it's going to get out of our hands or it's going to like you realize that this was a key moment to take advantage of. Basically, would you say that that was that's accurate? I would say that that uh, I w- I don't again I would say uh, we, we, this Spotify was not the only uh, platform that was developed during these years, um, but I would say that without Pirate Bay, without Pirate Bay, Spotify would never get the license that they get, you know, because they they almost killed the music industry, you know. I mean Pirate Bay, and then uh, and then by threatening it so much and see how how much we lost you know see how much an industry failed you know in and sweden was the worst because we were the were the most most uh, internet connected kind because you talk about broadband connectivity you know and and then you see okay what's broadband it's the definition is 256 kilobit per second and no one would even pay for that today but that was the definition during the notice you know so, but Sweden had super good, you know, wires and, you know, in, in, and so that's why and a lot of people downloaded and started to learn to use the computer as their uh, entertainment altar, if I call it that. And so when, then when this, when the good service came, Spotify, then everyone, they didn't, no one bought a, a, a stereo, you know, they were really used to use computers and listening to consume right. music to that. That's why Sweden was like in the forefront, you know, and that's why, you know, it went so fast uh, because it just switched it to another software, which was much better, as I said, you know, and that's why. And then, then of course, I saw that, you know, and, and by what Sweden, the, 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 what Universal saw that and, and saw that what happened in Sweden, if that's the truth, you know, we have to look into this, you know, and then they started to look into it and, and you know, Avicii was you know one you know I I signed him 2010 before he was right. Avicii when he was Tim. <laughs> yeah, when it was Tim Berg, which was the song as my first signing was a song called Bromance, then became Seek Bromance, and and so for me that was you know that I saw what how much how easy it was to sell music in other countries you know so the better a bigger I can make Spotify in the world the more my signings can make it because if you. If you were in this fiscal world, you know, I have to convince, let's say, David Joseph in UK and his, you know, labels that say, please, you have to manufacture my my album physically, take a risk on it, put it out in all the stores in UK, and if you and then start marketing it. You had no distribution you costs. Yeah, basically. because yeah, you can imagine they have to take a risk, they have to take a strategic bet on it, but they don't have to do nothing because you just if you launch it on Spotify, it's everywhere. Right. So, so that's what, so if the bigger I can, the more I can help Spotify to grow, the better I can perform. Okay. So how do you sign, how do you sign a VJ? How, how do you find him and how do you realize that he had such a gift for melody and music? I didn't, I I didn't know that he was that gifted, you know, but I, but I was at Ibiza and, you know, and, um, I was invited to the the premier gig for uh, for the residents uh, that uh, Swedish House Mafia had at Pasha that summer 2010. They also just signed a deal with Virgin, and they had the one um, coming up. And you know, and then it's they just and I said you know and I went to the Pasha, and and they, when are they on? Half past two. And I said, what, what, are you kidding me? You know, half past two they on. You know, <laughs> I said, okay, fucking hell. I was just okay. And Kylie Minogue is a, a supporter. Kylie Minogue supporter to the three, you know, overweighted, not, not overweighted, but you know, there was there wasn't, you know, Brad Pitt standing there, you know. So it was just, and then I went down to the dance floor. The music came on. It was just, it just felt in my body. I just, I get goosebumps talking about it now. And um, and I went down to the dance floor, and it was seventy percent men fist pumping up to the DJ booth, and I was just, this is this is rock and roll. This is yeah. Uh, I ask it, I ask shiver now when I when I talk about it because so, it was so transforming for me, and I went out half past five in the morning. It was sun was going up, and I said I have to sign, I have to go into this, and I knew that they were signed. So I talked talk to my my friend who was creative director at Universal Music Publishing, Jonas, and he said, you know, you have to you have to help me. Where do you because it was he was a publisher for Swedish Mafia. I need to find someone. You know, I need to find. I need to. In, this is going to be the future. 
and he sent me three links to different artists and was one was called Pin Timberg, you know, and um, I liked it. And um, and then I called up uh, set of a meeting with uh, his manager, Arash Ponori, Ash and Tim, and they came into my office and I signed Tim Berg for for Sweden, Norm, Norway, Finland. That's when only territories I can buy them. Uh, and then I did a really good job because then I get them get a song called Penguin as a as a with non-vocal version and then Fade into Darkness as the uh, as the vocal version and I signed up for the All of Nordic and then came Levels and Levels you know was just then, was game changer that, yeah game over yeah and when he turns in Wake Me Up and he he does the performance at Ultra did you immediately sense that it was brilliant or did you go what's with these banjos and acoustic guitars no and- no, no. I, I heard the album before and you know I I, I invited I invited, you know, was it 25 people from all over the world to to the, we had a drink table, you know, I wanted to cater them because this is going to be the big thing. And, you know, we had a conference uh, the day, they, um, uh, the day before. And so, and, and then we were ready to go and he comes up and he do a 45 minute show. And then it was like a changeover because he didn't say anything. And suddenly there was a, um a man in a in a, ba- a basker you call it that you know they ha- you know yeah. on, on his head and and he was which was Ayla Black then and did um, uh, wake me up and uh, with acoustics and guitars and everything on the stage and and people didn't know what it was and then came Alison Krauss you know Dan Timinski and his team up you know and did you know hey brother and and the and the people start booing you know that, this was the thing is like blogs were like even at the performance at Ultra they did in 2013, like everybody, it wasn't obvious. Like now looking back, it was so big, but people didn't like it, right? No, they didn't. No, they hated it. No, they hated it, it. Yeah. It, it, people at at the site, meaning watching uh, this set, they hated it. And it was, you know, it's it, you can, it was terrible on the on the social media afterwards. I mean, REIP. Avicii's career, you know, everything was just he he lost it, and then and I and, and then Ash, his manager came up to me and said, you know, I mean, and I remember also Andrew Cronfeld, who is the CMO for Universal, he said to me, you know, we know how good the album is. This will go over, you know. Of course, I was I paid paid five million dollars for the for the album in advance, you know. So I was I was I mean. I was nervous. <laughs> I, was, I was convinced before, but I, but you know, I get some. Of course, I'm. So what, what, what have I? What is because we were so sure about the songs and the album, but you know, and then uh, Andrew and Crump say, "Remember Dylan and he, when he was called Judas when he plugged in his guitar." You know, this is just people don't understand it. They will not realize. And and Arash, you know, then called me and said, "You know, uh, we want to we want to make a remix of the songs and put it out on SoundCloud." Oh, you can't do it because we have this, you know, we have the rights for it. You can't do it. Right. And then he played it to me and said, you know what? You should do it, but don't tell me. I'm going to, I'm going to send you notes saying you infringement of everything, what you do, but we need to do it as a marketing tool, you know? And so that was just a play we did. And, um, and, uh, and as soon as you get out on, on that mix on, um, on SoundCloud, because SoundCloud was also super big at this this time, you know, and all the you know, it just exploded. And from there, it was just again a game over because it was just everyone has realized this is unbelievable. This is just this is just a mixture of 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 uh, country and you know and rock, not really, and um, uh, and uh, EDM, EDM dance music and everything. It's just yeah. Did you think though it was brilliant when you heard it, even if it made you nervous, or were you unsure the first time you heard it? No, I when I heard "Wake Me Up" first time, I was just wow, and I was sitting in in the studio, and I said, and I had to say it because I had a, a, a one guy from the from Universal with me, and I just we can't be too enthusiastic because I know how Ash gonna react because I didn't have haven't done the deal with the with the album then. So this could this could work. It's different, but it could work. There was like what you, you were said. playing it cool. We were, you were like we were bicy- yeah, we were bicy- because we have a bicycles, you know, very close to the studio. So I said, "This is crazy." Well, I mean, we we you don't tell anyone what you thought about this, because we we thought it was fantastic, you know. And I said, "This is taking it from the dance floor to to pop music, you know." And so we really, this is the next level. But you know, I have to admit. After you know ultra, you know on that night, you know I had to have some drinks. I can tell you that. <laughs> so because you were worried, oh my god, maybe this isn't gonna work. 
but were you were you confident you it really wasn't obvious like now it seems so obvious but you really thought this was gonna flop and you had spent five million on the album i was shocked i was shocked that night over the the um reactions from from the audience and from social media i was um we listened to the album again on the day after when we asked this this have to work you know and then we asked talked about you know the obvious thing which was wake me up and you know but you know when you're in it like that and you you can say of course you have to be confident to the people the team around you but you know it 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 was was a it was a seed of um questioning yeah it was but then when you saw the reactions on soundcloud you felt this this is it the way we write all the time we write all the time that sounded like but you know what but the crazy thing is, when you are in in this kind of thing, in this you know this fantastic you know summer with um, with wake me up, you don't really enjoy. You just think about what's going to happen next. Well, you know, it's not is is it still number one? Yeah, but what is it next week? You didn't celebrate uh, in the way that you should do. That's I maybe yeah, I think that you you have to be. I, Maybe that's part of you know why you, the drive you have in you because you never you're never satisfied. But it's also that I regret that I didn't that I didn't uh, was more. I mean, celebrated more. You know, I mean that's because it's you always think about what's the next single. You know, how's the, how much how, when we're shipping the album? How's the album? You know, all these kind of things you think about all the time. So yeah, do you regret not taking a moment to just? taken the feeling of what it felt like to have the biggest song in the world or would you literally yeah. have thrown more parties or done more <laughs> more thing or both i don't know i can tell i didn't i didn't even need more parties we had we had, it was quite good at that time it was you know we had we had meetings in in ultra in miami and ibiza in the summer you know and that was my job you, i mean can, yeah. you can imagine you know so but it was more like you know being just be you know take it you know embrace it you know you know from mentally more you know just look what we've done you know look at we've been part of look what you know what we helped tim uh to accomplish you know that's what you know what was really um what you should have done more you know but it's always that next 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 and also his manager uh he's not the guy that is uh in doing be relaxing here yes next 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 that's that's his way of thinking you know can you do that now with the abba voyage because that feels like a massive monumental moment and i think success as i well. think yeah I, I i i do but then again you know we think about what where is where we're taking it next you know we're not recouped yet but you know all signs points that it's going to be a massive success and we and and it's it's already a turnkey or you know of of uh, of uh, a revolution when it comes to live entertainment you know I, I, that, that it is you know you can say whatever but it is and it's a privilege to be part of disrupting the not disrupting but you know you know evolving you know the the live entertainment in in the way we've done that's that's right. fantastic i mean i'm really i mean i'm so privileged to be part of what i've been part of yeah i mean tim clearly trusted you as a friend and an ally and his family and estate just sold the catalog to pop house um mm. but looking back though on it like did you get the sense that his schedule was crazy when you look back on it or do you wish that someone had put the brought the touring back a little bit sooner yeah, was... yeah, yeah i mean you can you can always say that and yes it yeah. was too too much but uh, but again i would say that it's really important to say that it, because in the in the documentary it looks like you know he was just he was toured to death uh, or to suicide you know but that's not the case he he stopped touring 2016 17 uh, so 16 he, he stopped you know really his last summer and then um, and then in uh, uh, and then what what happened was that that he was just in a good place he took a time out went to Madagascar he relaxed and then he just loved, did what he loved most, be in the studio. So he, um, so Tim was in a really good place. You know, I had a I had a telephone conference with with the, with the A and R team in uh, a Monday night, and he just arrived to Oman. Uh, and he was in. He was okay. Let's go. Where we booked studio? I want to be. I want to be in Africa. You know, Nigeria. But I want to have inspiration from people from down there. Can you can you set up a studio for me to do in in August? Uh, yeah, or you know in that's him, you know. And then he wanted to be in, uh, in, in uh, somewhere in London, you know, to be more about, you know. And he was always on, and he was in a really good place. On Monday, one week later after the meeting, 
he sent me a note, you know, saying, can, do you know this artist? Oh, well, she's signed to Virgin UK, you know, and we can, if you want her, you know, this is a fantastic voice. I love it, you know. I mean, I, I, I called, you know, Jason and, and, and Ted Cockle, you know, to to see if we can get her to be participate. Yeah, yeah, I do that. I'm not sure which song yet, but yeah, let's let's talk about that later, you know. And then four days later, I get a I get a phone call uh, sitting in a restaurant waiting for my wife, and um, that he was dead. Wow. Told, if if that would have happened 2016, fine, but not 2018. I didn't understand. I had it was, yeah. Is the pressure to keep his legacy alive now that Pop House has the catalog and to keep the music alive? Or no, but in, yeah, but that's been. I mean, I mean, I mean, I was, I was with him from 2010 to, and I was also part of concluding the album that wasn't finished, and um, and then um, the parents uh, wanted me to be part of the in the board of Tim Bergling Foundation, and I always, you know, try to treat him with respect and you know try to to honor his legacy and try to spread us, you know, because I think he, he is, or sorry, boss, but his music is genius. It's, it's that work by a genius, you know, I, I, and I, you can, there of course are many geniuses in the world, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, I can, you can, uh, that how people are thinking about music to create music. And um, he worked with so many artists, and he, um, everyone that he worked with is um, Nile Rodgers, you know, you know, Chris Martin, you know, I mean, everyone says, said, you're a genius, man, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's, he was, you know, and, um, and I want to honor and I, because also from a, I want to tell everyone how, how fantastic he was, you know, and, and without Popas buying the the masters, as we've done, seventy-five percent because the family wanted to keep twenty-five, which I think is really, really good and interesting way of doing this because they want to be part of the what we're doing. So I, I would, I would have endorsed it, even though it wasn't my, mine too. I would have endorsed it just because I love it, you know, and I think it's work done by a genius. And he was, if you see the. When we did the Tim album, you know, concluded where he was and the producers that, um, that worked with him just um, just finalized their songs. And they all said that if Tim would have been alive, it would have been sound differently. But we're going to try to do it as good as possible. And they also talked there about his how it was to work with Tim. And I think that's on YouTube and it's quite, you know. It's quite sensitive and fine. And um, yeah, I'm I'm proud of being a small, small piece of all that. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. Um, Pear, we're running out of time here. Yeah, um, we do. But th this was such a pleasure. So basically, you need to get to London to see ABBA Voyage. Everyone listening, you have to book a flight, and and you need to go. And and it's gonna it's gonna be incredible. Um, hmm. Do you spend any time now working with new acts? You said recently in an interview that you think the smartest people in the music industry are going to move into catalog. Mm. and working catalog what yeah. do you mean by that that that's really the future yeah no i just I say that the since spotify and others are releasing 100,000 songs per day i think the the it's it's so crowded you know it's so tough to have a breakthrough you can have a one hit wonder and uh that's not easy but you that's you know if you have that that's one thing but to create an an, an artist brand you know uh, for the future to go out and do big, big, you know, tours, you know, that is so tough today. But the, what I'm saying is that, but then again, the, and if you, they also, the new artists, new songs compete with the catalog and the catalog, I mean, as I say, uh, music age better than wine and, and wine age better than, you know, TV series and movies, because if you look at movies and TV series from the 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, even 90s, you know, you can't watch them because they, too slow right. edited and you know it's just you know the lightning and the setup and the storytelling bad. it's bad you know i mean you can just say batman you know, go back from the 60s and 70s you're gonna what the fuck why did why did disney bought the you know disney bought sorry it was this comic sorry but you know it was it, i mean everything is so much better you know when it comes to music it's still you know i mean i mean you can you can take any artist you can take super trap you can take uh um, you know, Thin Lizzy, you can take, you know, Barbara Streisand, you know, I mean, the Bee Gees, I mean, when did Barry Gibb, you know, the, uh, you know, it, it, I mean, it's, 
ev- everything is so good. You know, there's so much great music done before, and that's not people don't know about. That is hidden, hidden gems. And therefore, I think that, and also the, the music industry, the, the deals that the, the labels have with them is so much better. The margin is twice as good as it is when they were signing a new act today. So uh, that's why I think it's going to be by de- default that's that's going to happen. The smartest people are going to go into the to in, to embracing and and amplifying and showcasing the greatness of the of the artists from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. You know, you saw the Elvis movie and see what I mean. That's what an artist, you know. Right. And he right, never right. performed outside U.S. Right. I can help him. No, Papa's yeah. can help him. Can Where's the Elvis, uh, uh, the Elvis show or the Elvis museum? Pop House uh, ne- <laughs> yes, exactly. needs to do it. Is it weird to yeah. see yourself portrayed in a Netflix show? <laughs> yeah, but that was crazy. You know, it's like you, you have questions sometimes. You know, well, who, which, which um, actor will play you in a movie about yourself, or you know, that's kind of you know. And then someone called me up and said, "I'm going to play you in a TV series." And said, what and then nobody and then i i had a meeting with him and you know it was it was it was he from the same town up north of sweden so he has the same dialect as me you don't understand it in if you're not swedish but people in sweden say how did they make him talk like you yeah <laughs> that was just a coincidence wow and did you have did you like the series did you think it? i mean it, it was super dramatized of course but did you felt yes. that it captured the essence of what was happening at that time or was it? Super I mean, I, I think that I'm. I'm really. I mean, I mean, you say that the the witness, you know, tells the history, you know, and I feel that you know I can I can live with that if people believe that that was what happened, even if it's not not true. I think it's really good for me and you know my my legacy of what I did, and I I'm, I'm of course thankful for that. And I but I but again I was part of it, and I feel very proud of that too. And um, but it's um, and I think the TV series is really interesting, interesting done and how they change how they I mean, I think the Petra Hans and the lawyer episode is really good. And I think I, I don't I'm not sure about the last episode because I think Daniel Ek is not 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 that kind of douchebag. As they I want didn't to do like it. the last episode either. I felt like it took a whole turn and I just yeah. felt like it's a weird image that I just felt. I didn't know why they they had to do the last episode. I thought they could have ended it, the episode After, before. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah, I agree. They could have done, but now it is what it is. You know, I mean, I I'm happy. You know, I I think you, I think the um, the first five episodes is great, and um, and it's also tell a very very important thing about you know what happened in the notice. Yeah. Do you are you okay with Spotify recently announced they might be raising the price of subscription? Do you think that that's a necessary evil or 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 do you... no? It's not. I don't think I don't understand why people say it's evil. Netflix increases their prices. I mean, you know, almost every year the last yeah. you know ten years. You know, so why it's crazy just, that Spotify it, has? I, mean, it. I don't understand. You know, it's everything now with the, with the with the war we have in Europe. You know, and with the electricity and the inflation and the interest rent rates going up. I mean. So I don't understand that. I don't know. Of course, they should increase prices. It's super cheap to have all the music you want in the world just milliseconds away from from uh, from you, and it's anywhere, uh, anytime. You probably double yeah. the price, and it would still be worth yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Uh, Pear, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. This was so interesting <laughs> and and so fun, fascinating, and I can't wait. I don't know when I'm gonna get out to see Alba Voyage, but when I see it. <laughs> I will give you a full review and I I will let you know how how it is. Absolutely. Uh, Take care.